My first semester at TC has given me so many opportunities to truly connect with education and the principles I will continue to hold onto throughout my professional career. To be a professional in education means to lead with an alertness to student success and their needs not only academically, but also in their whole humanity. My master's project focuses on ENL students, English as a new language students, and how they are multidimensional, meaning there are many, they have many more struggles and goals than just learning English. We have to create school cultures that allow for all students to have a space to grow and feel that they are important contributors to knowledge. I had the opportunity this semester to design a school model in another class, and our focus was exactly that. Students deserve to feel like they belong in school and can be involved in holding their schools accountable for their success. I will carry this view on education with me wherever my career takes me and can honestly say that my view of adolescence has changed for the better. I feel inspired by a video that I'll link below of a school in Ontario, Canada. They have a system to provide new ENL students with very hands-on and individualized care. The professional role I was the most intrigued by was the student success coordinator because they are in charge of making sure ELL students are not overlooked or underachieving. Non-English speaking students make up 80% of the students at the school, so having a staff member that is dedicated to only their needs can be an incredibly beneficial resource. I compared it to what I have seen in California and New York City schools, where ENL teachers usually have more than one class to teach. A few years back in California, I tutored an ELL class with about 10 students. Miss L was also in charge of two clubs and a ninth grade English class. This year, I observed Miss S's class, where she teaches math, English, and homeroom. What drew my attention to Canada's student success coordinator is that her only role is to focus on these new students' ec educational experiences, their academic needs, and to spend time to get to know them better. She holds meeting with, meetings with administrators, teachers, and faculties to discuss the students' success in these spaces and to make new goals as education leaders on how to better support the student. The conversation included topics about the student's personal life, what they were struggling with in class, and the navigational needs of the student. Group cooperation between professionals to come up with the best possible outcome should always be incorporated into every career, especially the ones that require decisions about the future of our youth. Since the coordinator took an interest in getting to know what the student enjoyed, which sports or activities they wanted to take part in, faculty suggested clubs and teams the student could look into joining. At first, this seems a bit too controlling or invested, but this role is dedicated to being a resource to the student not necessarily control the outcome and have a strict path for them, but to assure them an opportunity to feel that they can be a part of their community. The school's goal is to make sure that every student becomes successful and happy adults. The student success coordinator is a resource for these students to network and connect with them to the best opportunities that the school can give them for building their futures and maintaining well-being. It is clear that the school's the school rediscovers the purpose of counseling, and they care about how the student also felt during their time there. Making students feel like they are loved and valued can make a world of a difference. 
This semester, I have learned that pop culture has a lot of influence on how this generation acquires knowledge. So I want to confess that I also was greatly influenced by professionals on pop culture and their message around social-emotional well-being in education. During my time in quarantine, I watched a lot of teachers on TikTok share with the world what principles they hold true as professionals. At Dono Friends bio says that he is social-emotional slash self-skills teacher slash speaker for youth. One of his most viral videos is of him thanking the class for working really hard with him this semester, despite the complications of distant learning. TikTok is only one-minute videos, but each of his videos shows him interacting with with the students with love and positivity. He makes it a point to tell his students that they matter to him and that they should never forget that they are loved. Another teaches them about positive self-talk and the importance of being kind to themselves, too, not just to others. Another video lists five things he believes students deserve to hear more of. This list consists of, I love you, telling them that you love them and that you like them as a person, telling them that you're proud of how much they're growing and so that is encouraging more growth from them, telling them thank you as a form of respect and seeing them as your equal, telling them you're sorry and owning up to your mistakes and normalizing apologizing. And the last one, to tell me more. Tell you want to hear what they have to say and you want to promote further conversation. Mr. Dono's videos can be a way teachers gain informal professional development by incorporating the language and strategies in these videos and focusing on social-emotional skills in their own pedagogies. He establishes the understanding that his purpose is teaching, in teaching is driven by the ability to see students as deserving of a loving and supporting educational experience. Since we are noticing the influence pop culture and media platforms have on student knowledge, I think that with online videos, teachers and educators will have access to informal professional development also. We are all cus- consumers of pop culture. And Mr. Dono's community online proves that educators can learn things like classroom management skills, how to teach social-emotional skills, and many other resources that are fundamental for reforming the education system from the bottom up. The other day, I was observing a math class online. And after the students left, the two teachers and I stayed on to talk about the final testing. This was Ms. S.'s math class at Health Academy of the Heights a teacher I've mentioned in every one of my other podcast episodes. They spoke about how other teachers were giving students tough time tests for the end of the year, and that they had many concerns about cheating since everything's online and such a strict guideline in place for students. They assume that their students are untrustworthy and make it seem as though they are not deserving of leniency during this difficult time. But Ms. S. and the other math teacher co-teach this 30-something class of geometry and notice how much of a strain another test would be for them. I mentioned that I watched a video recently how teachers shouldn't be worried about students cheating by using the resources they have, like notes and other like books that they bought, because in the real world, they have to know how to come up with the answers they need. I said it should be more engaging with the material and learning how to come to a solution. They agreed with me and 
said we were all in the same mindset. Why give them more stress about geometry? I don't want them to be stressed about geometry. I want them to learn it, one of the teachers said. They came to an agreement that their final assessment would be based on work problems that they had assigned each unit. The student, the students complete these math problems as homework after beginning the next unit, so it would mean that many of them were already on their way of getting an A. The way they handled online learning was admirable. Admirable. <laughs> they took their students' concerns, hearing their struggles, and created a relationship with them where they can feel comfortable confiding their op opinions and their, their needs. Miss S said it best, making sure that students are learning geometry is far more important than any test that will only add to their online frustration. Whatever I end up doing in my professional career, I plan to always stay focused on a student-centered goal, just like these two women have. Learning isn't about cramming for tests and short-term memorization. It's about actual authentic education that encourages students to be invested in the knowledge especially now during the pandemic and sometimes chaotic and frustrating online schooling, educators need to focus on what their students can handle and perform their best through. Sonu 2016 writes about the duty educators have to being critical observers of their own professional purpose when saying, when concerning education, we're not only faced with the impossibility of representing our pedagogical subject with accuracy and clarity, but we are simultaneously forced to reckon with ex existential questions about the meanings and traces that are left to linger after the moment. Our mission as educators or as education leaders should be to be active learners as well. Our passion should drive us to keep discovering better ways to provide for our youth and advocating for students based on their changing needs. Believing in the possibility, imagination, and authenticity of teaching and learning makes for a transformative learning experience and an even more meaningful career.